This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Yikes, man. They had it. They had it. They had it. They had it. I know the officiating is going to be a huge topic of conversation today, but there are so many opportunities that the commanders let go last night as they fall to the Giants 20-12 to in a heartbreaker where, let's admit, the officiating wasn't good, but Logan, there's so much more to talk about. You and I actually haven't talked about this game at all as we record this at 8.30 the morning after. Um, I certainly have thoughts, but I, I want to let you lead this, man. Like, if you try to figure out what, what went wrong, why they lose, what comes yeah. immediately to mind? Yeah, so I think, so a couple things, high-level things here. One thing is that I thought that um, Scott kind of took the bye week and said, look what Philly did, look what Philly did with their guard tackle pull system, the zone read stuff, and he said, this is how we're going to attack this defense. And I just kind of felt like, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of game plan approach and um, and kind of putting in game plan specific runs. You lose a little bit of dexterity with that kind of stuff. You say, okay, we are expecting this look, we're expecting them to do this. And when they don't do that, you don't have the responses. So like, for example, on the first drive of the game, you know, they run a duo play and, um, and the giants bring a run pressure. And so the defensive end chins, the tight end, it looks like there's nowhere to go, but the back knows how to run it. The O line knows how to account for it. it. Ends up being a five yard game. And on these kind of like little zone read GT kind of things they ran, I think they ran four or five of them in the first quarter, maybe the first half. Um, they just didn't have the responses. So you end up in like a second and 10, second 11, second 12 situation. And I thought that really stymied the offense. And I think we talked about this. Like the one thing we wanted to see was the offense mature from a play pass standpoint, right? And then you see that on their first drive coming out of halftime, right? It's a play pass, play pass, play pass, boot, run, play pass, and it's a touchdown or whatever it was. I forget how the drive ended. But to me, that is what you're looking for that the development of that stuff, the development of stuff that you're good at, as opposed to saying, let's adopt what Philly did and try to make it ours. And I understand there's some merit to that. And so there's some value there. But when I look at it, I thought, man, that's really what slowed them down in the first half, kind of got them out of an offensive rhythm. And then in the second half, they kind of became the team that we saw against the giants with the play action pass, the running game. And I just was like, man, like this is, um, that was a little bit of that was a big point of frustration for me and I don't want to say that was the only thing but offensively that's something that really stood out to me early on 
Yeah. I, during the game last night, people, or someone tweeted me and was like, man, Scott Turner sucks. Can we just say it? And I was like, no, because Scott Turner, I think, had a really good plan and the players aren't executing it. And as I was going to bed last night, thinking back on the game with, with the result being final, I went, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably back off of that. I, I actually don't agree with my initial assessment because while there were plays there and there were opportunities to be had, and ultimately I think this game comes down to, the, to a couple of key things, including the fact yeah. that the Giants made every key play and the Commanders didn't. Um, they Exactly what you said. They just got away from them. And yeah. there's there's a point in this game where like there's it was 46 plays in I know because I checked at that point um, where Robinson only had 10 carries still and it's like for as well as he's going he averaged yeah. seven four a carry on the night with he had not 12 like 12 carries with not like a big run in there I think that's the thing it's like right it's, his long was 19 it's yeah it's not like he had a big clip it's like he earned every single one of those yards. And I, I totally agree, man. I think they just kind of like I look back at the first drive, the first two drives, right? Kind of your first 15, first 25, first scripted plays. And it's a ton of it's four plays of GT trying to get the ball to Curtis Samuel, which I don't hate. I don't like getting him the ball in that situation with something you haven't repped. And it's all a lot of drop back passing stuff, very limited play action. They've been doing a great job with like this hard play action sell, this downhill duo, this play action off a counter, these runs that they're very, very good at. And they're kind of back to this kind of offset gun token fake. And that's just really not who they've been. And they haven't been successful there. And I felt like Scott kind of said, okay, you know, I don't know if he's trying to subvert expectations or he's trying to lean into what Philly did or, or whatever it was. But I just felt like, especially the first half, he it just didn't go the way that he thought it was going to go. And I look at the second half and I'm like, man, if they had just done this, a version of this the whole time, I think you're in a better spot. I really do. I, I think that th that that is who this team is. And the thing that got me excited about the second half was like they had added wrinkles off the play pass that we we had been asking for that, right? And I hate to kind of say like this confirmation bias thing, but the offense looked better in my opinion, right? Because they yeah. know they know the solutions. They they can protect. That was the other thing. You can protect better in those looks. And for well, that, an offensive that was line, the thing that killed them. Yeah, I mean, sorry, it's just like the thing that killed them was penalties, and a huge part of the penalties were holding calls and you know things that happen when you haven't rep stuff slash you get put in the toughest situations you can as an O line, and their inability to protect drop back pass, I think, was the biggest factor in the game. Huge factor, and I also think you know, obviously, there was that kind of. I don't want to say it was a phantom holding call on Lucas because it actually, if you go back and watch the L22, it's a legitimate holding call, right? So yeah. it takes a Gibson run that goes for 12, and then it puts you back to uh, second and 18, and the next play is the Kayvon Thibodeau sack. So, And that's the other thing. You know, Let's talk about the officiating real quick because like, I had a long conversation with my producer uh, last night about it, and he was all in an uproar about the call. So if you watch down to down, if I'm the New York Giants and I lose this game, I say, man, they missed an offensive. They missed they missed a defensive PI on a critical third down that they didn't get called. They missed probably four or five holding calls, right? That didn't get called. And so I think everyone kind of they oh also my gosh. missed the they missed called the Heineke fumble that might have been a scoop and score. Right, like Washington right. got lucky. And then yeah, and so I think people forget that like it's as much as people want to say like there's a bias here, like it's yeah, kind of like the officiating was bad. It's it, kind of like it, the, the weather, you know, it's bad weather, it's bad officiating, and both sides had, had had calls that were missed or calls that weren't made or whatever it was. And so, you know, like Evan Neal has a holding call that's kind of really ticky-tack that gets him into a, uh, um, 
a, t- a second and 12 situation. You know what I'm saying? Like there's calls like that throughout the game. And so, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, the officials, this, the officials, that like <laughs> that it's part of the game. And I, and I think if you look at the down to down stuff, a there's penalties everywhere. B there's opportunities everywhere for this team to win this football game. Yes. And, and yes. ultimately lose the football game. Yeah. I mean, are the calls that everyone's mad about bad calls? Yeah. The, yeah. the, the two point conversion coming off the board is yeah. so heinous. Because the DB is the one who initiates the contact. Like, you can't call oh, offensive pass interference. And, and Terry McCauley, is, who's refereed a couple of Super Bowls, is on the NBC broadcast going, he's in a blocking posture. No, he's not. He never, Jahan is, is running. So and, and the what, DB, like, is he trying to set a pick? Yes. yes. But, he, but he also is entitled to space and to run a route. And if he's running a route and the DB happens to run into him, is it designed for traffic? Yes, but traffic in itself is not illegal. Right. And and, so, and, and it's, so it's it's just a terrible call. The lack of PI against Curtis on the last play is horrendous. Yeah, that was bad. But you know what? If and and I know everyone's super mad at the ref for for calling uh, or for being like, hey, Terry double checked. Terry's got to line up right. He does. I mean, like because I. Because there's there's a couple things that he did wrong there. One, he's way off the ball, and you can tell Terry knows. He looks. If you, I'm sure you just watched it, right, Craig? Yeah. So he he looks to the sideline. He knows he's off. He kind of points to the official. He's he's too far off. So what they tell you is like sometimes if you point and say I'm the on player here, they'll let you slide. The thing that Terry does that I think is a little is is the main issue here is that as the receiver's in motion, Terry is trying to slowly work his way up to the line of scrimmage, right. which is also a penalty. Right. So if you're if he says, OK, give you the OK, stop it. Just stop moving right there and live to play another down. Hopefully he won't call it. It's the subsequent movement. I think that the ref's just like, I got to call something here because you're off the ball too far. And now you're moving. During I think the they might have reset afterwards when they had the two on. But like it's also because Diami's in motion. I don't know if the ref knew who was supposed to be on. Right. The ref's like. Yeah, you're good because he probably assumes he's off and Brown's going to come and set on the line. Like, yeah. I actually wanted to check this morning um, to see what the post-game commentary was from Terry to see, be like, was he going to be like, actually, it was Diami or Ron go, actually, Diami was supposed to uh, be the man who, who set you on the line. You can tell Terry's supposed to be yeah, on the it's, ball. Yeah, it should be. But, like, because he was so far off and moving, I was like, I guess maybe that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, but, like, clearly he should be on it. And, like, I don't know, man. You played, I didn't. How hard is it to look down? The, the the referee afterwards was like the the he's got to be on the belt line of the center. How hard is it to look down the line of scrimmage and be like, oh, I'm behind the guy? Well, and I was gonna say like logist like from a from a mechanic standpoint, Taylor Heineke got just give it a beat because it wasn't like uh, Terry like walked out there. He like jogged to his spot. He looked to the official. He pointed. He realized he was off. And then the play is already going. It's like. Let your guys get up, like take a beat. You know what I mean? You want to hurry, yeah. you want to rush, but like, it's also like, is everyone set? Like, and I can check that. I can be like, Hey Terry, like move up a little bit, right? You're off. And I, cause like, you can tell Terry knows he should be on the ball. You can tell. And he just, it's one of those things. Like I've done it. You go to line up and you, you're, you're checking with the official. And then you look back and you're like, Whoa, I'm way farther off than I thought I was. Right. Or I'm, I'm not in, in relation to the football where I thought it was just cause you kind of lose your orientation on the field. So I'm not, that right. happens. Yeah. But I do think there are some other things logistically that could have happened that that prevent that from being a penalty, right? And that's, right. that's not me like trying to be an apologist. That's just like good, sound football process, I think. Right. And the thing is, everyone gets mad about the Curtis P.I., but if 
they get that lined up correctly for any of the in any of the ways, any of the right. fail safes that you mentioned, then that's not an issue. You were going to say something too on the uh, the OPI call on Dotson on the two point conversion. Yeah, so I I think that to me I I, I they they are going to call that play because everyone runs that play, and so they are. You can tell like any, so this is a little behind the scenes. So every year there's a point of emphasis for the officials and every year at the beginning of the season, they have a meeting and they say they meet with every team official comes to training camp. It's like the first or second day and they show you a video and they say, these are the points of emphasis. So when they say this is a point of emphasis, like in the media, it is a big deal for the team. And it has been a point of emphasis this year. So when that's in your brain as an official, anything looks like a pick. Right. right. Everything looks like a pick. And I think it's, you know, I'm sure Ron's going to be miffed today because basically Philly does this all the time. The reason they get away with it is because they do it from more condensed splits. So it kind of, it looks more natural to the official, I think, but essentially Jahan right there, right when the guy touches him, he needs to either outside release that or just turn around and ask for the football. Like that, that's because that's how they're going to call it. If you are in a position where you're squared up with a guy, even if he's initiating contact, it's going to be called because like it, it's so ingrained in the official's mind at this point, to, especially in that situation to call those types of plays. Yeah. And that that's my issue with it is the official was looking for it in a way that to me is not fair to the offense. And like, look, those plays are hard for defense. And I understand trying to give the defense a chance. However, you've got to let a guy run a route and Jahan's posture. Like if Jahan reaches out and engages and is like, I'm trying to, you know, engage in a blocking you know, movement, fine, but he doesn't. The DB is the one who initiates the contact. And by the way, it's also, you have to account for the fact that DBs can make contact within five yards. So if the DB is covering Jahan and makes contact within that five yards, like that's not on Jahan to like get out of the way. It's like, yeah. okay, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to pick yourself, go for it, man. I like think they've got to, they've got to correct that in how they're officiating it. I get why it's called. I don't think it's the worst call that's ever been had uh, yeah. in the history of the league. It's not as egregious of a miss as the lack of PI on Samuel, for instance, later. Yeah. Um, but that that is a problem that the NFL has got to figure out, and they've got to get like some offensive and defensive coaches in a room and be like, yeah. "All right, guys, here's the, he, what. T- tell me what you're trying to do here. What do you think is fair?" And and the rules committee's got to figure it out. Also, I think the wording of the official post game is really interesting. The blocking posture, because if you watch it, you can tell that Jahan is trying to work for a pick as opposed to just running a route. And you know what I'm saying? You can tell by his demeanor. And I think that that is, again, that that blocking posture rule is so vague that it leaves so much to interpretation because it does look like he's it does, to me when I'm watching it. You can you can tell anybody can tell he's trying to pick the guy. Right. So if he's running that more decisively, if he's running off the ball, working your release, he still gets the benefit of the pick. Right. He still gets the benefit of the rub there. But again, the posture is the thing that I think sticks out to the official. It sticks out to me like you can tell like right away when you watch it. Oh, he's trying to get a pick. And I think that's something that, again, when Philly does it, they do a really good job of running to a spot and then kind of turning around to face the quarterback, even though they're blocking on the turn like they're getting the pick on the turn, right? The posture is different, right? So I think that that's a really interesting kind of point to pick up on. And something I really, I just have to say right now, this is a non-issue if you hang on to the football. Like this is, yeah. all this stuff is a non-issue. Hanging on the football in the red zone, hanging on the football backed up. Like yep. as much as we want to talk about the officiating, there are, and there are so many other things. Those are the big ones. But if you just go down the play-by-play list, you're like, 
So that's exactly. actually what I wanted to do next. Yeah. Is there's a couple of key plays that I wanted to to talk about, and I'm I'm gonna uh, go to one that may not have even been on your radar, um, but little things, right? Chances to win the game, and then this this one's a little one. Then we'll get to some bigger ones. The play before Terry lines up illegally, mm-hmm. um, Taylor scrambles. Right. Why does Jahan not block Thibodeau there or Thibodeau there? Yeah. If he just pushes him out of bounds, Heineke scoots inside the pylon, none of this is an issue. Yeah. So it's like, it's, there's not even like a breakdown here, but it, it's it's the idea that there are little plays to be made that can win you this game all over the place. And not to pick on Jahan, who was obviously phenomenal. They're not remotely in a position to win this game, uh, to be competitive without Jahan Dotson. But there are some rookie moments, if you will, or some some opportunities to make like winning plays and from getting your body posture better so the officials don't call a pick to, buddy, you're out there looking to block someone, big number five's right there. If you just push him out of bounds, if there's a collision there that Heineke can slip inside, Taylor gets inside the pylon and scores, and none of this other stuff matters, and then you get you probably get a chance for redemption on, on the two-point conversion. And it's yeah. little things like that where I'm going to harp on that especially if i'm the coaching staff but even as as a talk show host like i'm gonna harp on that stuff more than i am the officiating it's little plays and then it's obviously the big plays that we can get into yeah that's something that was definitely on my radar and again that's that's a tough matchup right that's you know if you're drawing stuff up on a chalkboard you're not like i want jahan blocking Kayvon thibodeau in space you don't want that right because Kayvon thibodeau is what is he's you know he's six five he's 200 260 pounds and jahan is a slight 180 pounds like he is not a big person but to your point if you just go over there and you're a speed bump for a half a second like that's a touchdown probably right and so when you look at that you can tell he kind of like he does a little bit of quick mental math and says this ain't for me i'm not about this smoke right and you need a special guy you need special receivers like pierre garçon is that type of guy josh morgan the guys that i played with are, are that those terry types mclaurin of guys. is that terry here. mclaurin right they're going to and you know Terry's not even kind of like he he makes those same calculations. So again, not to, with the same level of frequency, maybe. But you see him, he's like, uh, you know, it's because you get paid to catch the football ultimately, right? And if you're concussed, if you're hurt because of a block, you don't get paid, right? So I understand that calculation, but in that situation, you'd like him to just kind of say, "Let me just get my hat across here. Let me get in the way." And let this be a touchdown. You, what you need is like when when a running back reverses field and the quarterback gets in the way. Yeah, that's, that's you all you needed. Yeah, like and and I think there he's thinking he's getting in the way for a cutback inside, but really you just need to get in the way and like let Kayvon Thibodeau run into you. You can fall down. I don't care. But it gives the it gives the the, the quarterback in this situation an opportunity to cut the ball back inside in a way that you pushing him from the side does not allow him to do. So I, I definitely agree that that's that that play is like sneaky big. And again, that's. That's not an ideal matchup, but if you, you know, you want to go from good to great, from, you know, average to playoff caliber football team in in a game where you made some mistakes, like that's one that could have potentially tipped the tide. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Obviously, biggest play of the game, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, strip sack. Uh, and, and really, at the end of the day, like, this game, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like, situational football slash Giants make big plays, commanders don't. But also, the best player on the field last night was Kayvon Thibodeau. And yeah. it wasn't even particularly close. The impact he made down in, down out, and then obviously the monster, as, as Tariko called it on the broadcast, the grand slam, the strip, sack, fumble, recovery, touchdown, um, is is incredible. And, you know, we can talk about Allen and Payne and, and how the defense performed in a second. Because ultimately, like, because of that strip sack, they only give up 13 points. Right. Right? Um, and, and that's that's a pretty good performance from the defense. But when you talk about making plays, they had Kayvon Thibodeau. And outside of, like, one big tackle for loss, Washington didn't have anybody that made any huge plays yeah. defensively. Yeah, I agree. I think – and I think that's a little bit – at least to my eye, I think I think that's a little bit from Ron's game plan. I felt like to this week <clears> – <throat> and I'd have to go back and chart it because so don't take my word for it here. But that That's what the Wednesday pod's for. Right. I'd have to chart this. But I think the – they were in a little bit more cover two quarters shell than they've been, right, on first and second down. And <clears throat> the only reason I can think that is because basically in their mind, the only thing, the only way they lost the game, the game is if they gave up a big play offensively. And I think that they were like, let's be a little bit more conservative. And it's not like they went totally turtle here, right? I'm talking a difference of maybe 10 to 12% in terms of coverage leaning, right? But I do think that you kind of, when you play that passive structure, you give Daniel Jones an opportunity to, to make some plays that aren't necessarily there. And, you know, they didn't give up any big plays, really. I mean, there were there were situationally big plays, like the fourth and nine or whatever. That's but, such a killer. But outside of and then the other thing about the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff, he gets he gets four four tackles for loss unblocked off of zone read action that obviously there was not a high level of comfort with by the offense. So to me, yes, he had he had an excellent game, right? But obviously his statistics are inflated tremendously i think by the fact that <clears throat> scott and the offensive staff made the decision to kind of go with this zone read philadelphia backfield action a couple times that again um this team doesn't major in and i think that's something that um plays a huge role in kind of elevating cave on thibodeau in terms of his production obviously as a pass rusher he did a great job leno had a tough day in some of those matchups but um i think that 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 needs to be stated right washington did some things that supported his production as opposed to detracted from it do you know how many tackles cave thibodeau had last night like 10 he had a whole bunch i bet 12 and including nine solo tackles yeah that's and, and he made some for a he, defensive end and he made some plays like in space like he ran down uh ran down the screen to terry 
He yeah. ran down Taylor on that uh, boot action. Love that play call, by the way, by Scott on the boot. Yeah. Ran him down, tackle on the goal line. On t- you know, like he did some stuff that was very, very special and, and showed up and, again, shows you what a top five pick, top seven pick should look like. So, Right. And, and it actually had me thinking about, like, in some ways it, it almost feels karmic for Ron and Jack and everyone's like, ah, we're playing fine without Chase. And it's like, you're playing – great but like that's why you drafted that dude number two overall right. is to make plays like that and i'm not saying that chase is necessarily ready to come back i'm i'm not his doctor i'm not his trainer i'm not anything but like just there's a reason why there's the consternation around chase young and it's not that he's a guy who's gonna come in and do everything right all the time but he is the guy that can do that and they're missing that um john and duran uh, make big plays, and, and it's kind of part of the formula. Those guys have to make tackles for loss. Those guys have to bat a ball down or two throughout the course of the game. you know. And, and look, James Smith Williams was awesome last night. That yep. dude was everywhere. Um, but can Chase make the superhuman play, the Kayvon Thibodeau play, that can help change a game and score? Um, and, and that's... That's kind of what they're hoping. That's why they're holding out hope to get him back. And we'll see, yeah. you know, if you know, Ron said after the game last night, like, oh, yeah, we anticipate him playing this year. Like, we'll see what kind of work he does Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, we'll see. Um, but it is kind of a, a reminder of what a, what a special player like that can do um, when they're healthy, when they're right, and, and why there's so much attention and consternation around Chase Young beyond just the obvious of the draft position. Um, what else from this yeah, game offensively, so, defensively that, that stands out? I think you brought up a good point um, about the protect about uh, the lack of pressure generally. And I think, um, you know, again, we talk about the Giants game plan, you know, and their wrinkles. And we've been talking about it seemingly for a month now. And one of the things that they did a great job of is they didn't do any play action pass. It was all predominantly quick game from the gun, two, three step drops, getting the ball out of their hands. Uh, they did a really, really nice job of that, you know, and I think that, again, you talk about negating this defensive line and teams that have had success doing that. They kind of lean heavily on quick game and it's not even quick game. It's like kind of a pseudo hybrid. It's like a three. It's a two step from the gun. So it plays like a five step drop, but you're getting the ball quicker and you're getting that spot quicker. So, again, I, I like that innovation by them. They also did some stuff in the run game in terms of taking advantage of the defensive tackles, um, Payne and Allen from a, like a wham standpoint. Obviously, this is a penetrating defense. Um, so they're bringing tight ends back. They're trapping them with guards. And that led to probably three or four big runs by Saquon um, late in the game. So uh, they 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 were they came ready to play, you know, on a short week of prep, pretty much. Not a short week, but a normal week of prep as opposed to the bye week prep that this team had. So, um you know, they, they deserve a lot of credit for that. And, um, and as much as we want to say that they kind of, you know, mitigated the effective of effectiveness of the defense really outside of that one drive, that one really long drive, I thought the defense, and even on that drive, I, I, you know, I'm going to do a breakdown on this. I think this week we'll see how the plays turn out, but, um, you know, like just the chess match between Jack and Daniel and Kafka and all these different guys, like was really compelling. I thought from like a micro play level, you know, Jack is in cover two invert on this play. It leads to an uh, incomplete pass, right? Oh, then Jackson cover two invert. They have a cover two invert beater called. It's a completion, you know, and just like the constant kind of chess mass between those two sides. And uh, obviously we talked about how well coached the Giants were as a football team. And that really, I think, 
showed up in a nice, you know, that, 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 that scouting showed up nicely here. And I think as much as Jack's going to get heated up today, I think he did a nice job, uh, you know, and I think they're, they just made some more plays and like, that's a frustrating conclusion to come to, but ultimately like they made more plays than we did. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to be super critical of the defense outside of the last drive where like, if you're the defense that you want to be dominant top five in the league, you got to bow up. Um, yeah. and, and Saquon just runs it right down your throat, right at, by the way, the strength of your defense. But at the end of the day, like they gave up 288 yards, like they yeah. gave up less than 300 total yards on 62 plays. Um, they, the giants were two of 10 on third down. Uh, they averaged 4.6 yards a play, like yeah, which is 160 good. passing yards. Like the, the defense was generally speaking fine. Um, but Washington offensively just gets so far away from who they are. They lose the time of possession battle, not by much. It's 30-30 to 29-30. So they, they lose it uh, 30 seconds under 500, if you will. Um, and they, I mean, they still put up 387 yards uh, of offense, which is not a bad day. It's not like a, an amazing day. But I don't know, man. They rushed for 159, and, and I just think they got away from the formula that works for them. Um Specific to Taylor, how do you think he played as we were constantly in this? Well, if he doesn't play better, maybe they'll go back to Carson hellscape of a loop. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor on a down-to-down basis did some really good things. And I think um, I think he misses he misses some stuff, but everyone misses stuff. Yep. And that's not just like uh, – that's not missing throws necessarily. That's just missing reads and kind of getting the ball out of your hand, kind of predetermining stuff. That happens. I'd say there's probably how many dropbacks did he have? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, he threw the ball 29 times. I don't know how many dropbacks. Like so, probably like 30, 31 dropbacks. If he scrambled a couple times, got sacked a couple times. Yeah, so I'd say five of those probably misses. But again, it's not a bad ratio. I th- I really just think the the thing that shows up for Taylor is just not taking care of the football. Right, not taking care of the football on the two fumbles. One of those I don't think is his fault. I think the uh, the one with Kayvon Thibodeau is probably not his fault. If I was going to allocate blame, I think that's more of an offensive line thing. The one in the red zone is absolutely his fault. He needs to take care of the football there in that situation. And I think also, like I think people forget on the play before that, he almost throws a pick. Um, you know, the yeah. snaps a little high. He almost throws an interception. So again, I'm not I, like I said. Like he did some things that I was very impressed with. Um, another thing that I found a, a tiny bit irksome to me anyway, is, um, you know, I th- like I said, I think Taylor did, you know, he was Taylor. It was a very Taylor game. He was probably going to grade I'd give him like out of a hundred, probably like a 55, you know, he did some good stuff, did some bad stuff, um, and did some stuff that changed the complexion of the game positively and negatively, very Taylor. Um, the thing that I, I was kind of contemplating was like, uh, if you're taking a shot on a flea flicker, you know, like why isn't like, why aren't you taking shots to like Jahan or Terry, you know, on the flea flicker, they took one, they ran that post corner concept, uh, to Jahan, to Diami. And it's yeah. kind of like, you've, you've got two guys who are excellent at that. And why are we throwing the ball to the third string wide receiver? I know he's got, he's got a skill set. I understand that. Right. But, but like, to me, Diami is the guy that you try to get one-on-one on their fourth corner and like, Hey man, go, go to town. But that's what I'm right. saying. He's like lined like, up at your, as your Z receiver in some of that stuff. He's right. your that he's your primary guy. It's not like he's in the slot running a go the way that Miami lines up Tyree Kill sometimes or the way that Green Bay lines up Christian Watson. It's like or the way that they got the two touchdowns against Tennessee. Right. It's like he's the outside receiver running a post. And it's like that's 
you know, like that's yeah. like it's a Z receiver. Like if I I'm mean, gonna have I, my Z receiver do it, I want Terry to do it. Right. I think honestly, like that's that's the criticism that rises above all else is they were too cute offensively in this game. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, from that's... personnel and like even you know, there's there's the key third and three that everyone lost their mind, including me on, um, where they they give the ball back to Curtis and it's like. At the time, Robinson's averaging 6.8 a carry. Just run a run play that Brian Robinson runs where he's the running back and, and has been getting you nearly seven yards a carry. Um, that, if they had just done that, they insulate Taylor more. They don't get away some of this other silly stuff that happens. I appreciate the thoughtfulness that Scott put into this, but at the end of the day, I think it's on Ron on some level too to be like, all right, Scott, tell me what you're thinking this week. Mm. Uh, let's let's minor in some of that stuff. I like I like where your head's at, but make sure we don't lose track of us. Mm. And I think that yeah. you know Scott one Scott Turner is a forty something year old man who's very capable of having that thought on his own. He's been around the game long enough um, and is a very smart offensive mind and should should know better. But it's also on the head coach, ultimately. And I'm not trying to, like, just throw random criticism at Ron. But, like, I think Ron's been good about that this year. Um, Ron has, uh, you know, and, and Ron's talked about this, and Scott's talked about this, of how Scott still is a relatively young play caller. And, you know, one of the things that Ron has to do as a head coach is, like, coaches, coaches. And the ability to rein Scott in a little bit at times and be like, hey, man, just just do us. And mm. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, you're good, good call. And, like, that, they lost that in this game. And that's, to me, probably the biggest reason why they lost the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think you kind of, you saw flashes of Scott before probably the Minnesota game. You know, a, a guy that, uh, an offense that was still trying to find its identity, got away from what they wanted to be. I mean, you, you articulated that really well. I don't need to rehash any of that. But I, I agree. I think, you know, when you look at what they were doing, it just, it didn't feel like the same team. It felt like, you know, and I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. We'll, we'll say that for another time when me and you were talking. But I, I agree. <laughs> if, if you go back and watch the film and, and whatever you were going to say, you still feel after watching it in full, we can say it on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go. we'll go with that. Or, yes. or maybe not because I don't know what you said. But I'm going to find uh, out. Well, I'll, I'll tell you done. after this. I'll tell you after this. Well, the good thing for me is I don't have to wait much longer because uh, that's, that's your instant reaction podcast. Um, we will obviously dive much deeper into all of this on Wednesday. I'll be on the radio. If you're listening to this uh, at some point in the middle of the day, as we're going to turn this right around, I'll be on the radio three o'clock for the Hoffman show. Start with my first and 10, 10 observations in the first segment, right at 3 PM. We'll be back Wednesday with another edition of take command. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching right now. Full episodes available at youtube.com slash at odyssey sports for Logan. I'm Craig. And we'll see y'all on Wednesday for Take Command. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.